Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Friday, the 10th of March. The year is uh, fair flying in. I'm Derek Clark and as ever on a Friday, I'm joined by the, the bright and cheery face of uh, Chris Jack. How are we doing, Chris? Not too bad, Derek. Not bad at all. Hey, thanks for having us on once again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely magnificent. Uh, before we talk Rangers, folks, uh, as you know, just about housekeeping. First of all, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, we're nearing 12,000 subscribers. Now, that's totally free. Um, just click uh, on uh, the, the subscribe button. If you hit, click the bell as well, you'll never miss a video when we go live. You can see the ticker below uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we've got that offer on the website just now, just £2 for two months' worth of content. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. And a quick word for our sponsors as well, Seneca Hair Restoration UK. They're the number one hair transplant group in Europe, no less. Uh, so if you're thinking about um, uh, adding a bit more on top, then these are the guys uh, to go to. And I've, as always, I've stuck the link in the description box uh, as well. So go do check them out if that is something you're thinking about. Right, first of all, Chris, it's great to have you on after what is uh, a scintillating performance on Wednesday night uh, from Rangers. We were just talking briefly off air there. Um, very unexpected, I think, but uh, much welcomed. Uh, was that the best performance under Michael Beale for you? I think so. I think we got about five, ten minutes into the second half and I turned to a couple of guys that were sitting beside and said, look, is this better than Tynecastle because I just written to say one of the five things um, from that match was this is the best build performance and double checked with them and said this is better than Tynecastle and we'll come back and say no this, this definitely is because uh, I think the, the Tynecastle performance though they played very well could have scored more should have scored more um, we're very comfortable in it but I think that the form that Hibs are in um, having suffered the old firm set back a couple of weeks ago and still trying to kind of come back from that and come to terms with that I think Easter Road was uh, the most impressive that we've seen from Rangers under Michael Beale. Um I thought Saturday, the first half against Kelly, they were very good in, in spells. Somehow, unbeknown to, to a lot of people, I think, dropped off quite remarkably in the in the second half. Um, and I don't think a lot of people would have seen that coming on Wednesday night, but they're really, really impressive, really good. Um, and the question in the press conference naturally was, has the bar been set? As, is this the new kind of foundation for Rangers? And we'll only know that in the next next couple of weeks, if, if they can really kick on from this, uh, you can maybe look back at Wednesday night and say that was the night that really kind of kick-started Michael Beale as, as Rangers manager, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a brilliant performance uh, all round uh, from Rangers. The, the, the big, there were so many Man of the Match uh, candidates uh, uh, for, for for me, Chris. Um, Ryan Jack, Jack just edged it probably of, of them all. Would, would he be, was he been your Man of the Match and how Pleasing is it to see him play at that level? That the question that has been uh, throughout his, his Rangers career, of course, is can he do that on a consistent basis? We know he's had his injury problems to seek, but if he can produce that level of performance, then a new contract is a no-brainer for me. He he was my pick on Wednesday night, Derek. Again, had that conversation with a couple of guys round about me, and uh, Ryan Jack got the uh, got the vote. Uh, I thought there were a number of guys that played really really well, but uh, like you said, I thought uh, Jack will just. Uh, just picked it in, in that particular award. It comes back to the age-old Ryan Jack question. If you can do that for 40 games a season, what a midfielder you've got on your hands. If you can do it for 30 games a season, he's more than worth a contract. It's whether if you can only do it for 15, 20 games a season, if he's then worth it, if he's then worth it or not. Personally, it would be one of the ones that I would I would hold on to. 
Um, I think he offers something different in the middle of the pitch. I think if you give him a, a deal, you know that you're not going to get 40, 50 games out of him. But on occasions like going to Tynecastle or going to Easter Road, going to Petaudry, he's the ideal man for the ideal man for the job. You probably don't need him at Ibrox against a Kelly Harrison Johnson. That's maybe the times to rest him. But for those big games when there's just that wee bit more about it, I think Ryan Jack's the ideal ideal man to have in the squad. Um, it's also interesting to see how the manager plays it in terms of the the contract guys. I don't think you can afford to let all of them go. So even if Jack Arfield, um, McGregor obviously will will move on. Steve Davis or his contracts up as well. I think if you got rid of all of these guys, you lose a lot of personality and a lot of character about the about the squad. I think that'd be quite a big risk for Michael. I think you have to have guys in the squad that know what it's about, that know the club, that know the league, because there will be such a big influx of players over the over the summer. If you're thinking six, seven, eight, maybe even more than that. Yeah. You need guys like Ryan Jack in your squad to say to a Nico Raskin or a Todd Cantwell, look, this is Easter Road, this is what to expect, this is what it's going to be like. Same going to Parkhead, same going to Petaudry, same even just going to Livingston Kelly on those on those pitches. Having that nous, having that knowledge of Scottish football is really invaluable for a squad. And I think if you only get 20 to 25 games out of Ryan Jack, plus he can offer you that on the training pitch and offer you that in the dressing room, I think he's more than worthy of, a, of another deal. Yeah, uh, lots of comments coming in. A lot to do with, uh, <laughs> with you, Chris, coming in here. Uh, Randy Mars from Down Under says, is Chris in heaven? <laughs> There's just a, a, a light coming in uh, out, out the back of your, uh, the corner of your, of your screen. I think obviously the sun peeking in there. Uh, where you are, Denzel says, uh, the, the way the sun is coming through the window there, Chris looks like a 1970s Polaroid. <laughs> but that's a bit I'll just move around a wee bit. There we go. I can confirm <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, listen, the, the performance uh, on Wednesday night was, was magnificent, uh, and it's all about uh, maintaining that on Sunday, Chris, uh, in the Scottish Cup. Of course, Rangers found it tough going in the previous round against Partick Thistle. We all know about that game and the, the aftermath of that. I don't think anyone would have expected that when they went to Ibrox uh, on that afternoon. Wraith Rovers, I think they had the warning signs from that game. Uh, I posed a question to Stevie Clifford yesterday. Um, would you change, make any changes for the game on Sunday or would you be inclined to keep that starting eleven? Uh, if there's not any niggles or, or any bumps and bruises from Wednesday night uh, and get the game won before making any changes. Uh, what was Stevie's answer? Uh, he would he, he would like to keep the same 11. Un, unsurprisingly, I, I, I would agree with him. And I think the, the guys that played so well on Wednesday night have, have the under jerseys. I wrote that in uh, the stuff with Antonio Tulak this morning. Um, he had earned his place on Wednesday night because you think Easter Road is usually a Morelos type of venue. It would have been um, ideal fit for him to get in and get in about him. So it's a type of type of game that really suits him. But Cholak played really well against Kelly. The manager spoke really enthusiastically about his performance against Kelly, even though he didn't score and he deserved to keep his place. If he then puts in that kind of performance at Easter Road, he deserves to keep his place for a game against Wraith where he would back himself to go and get another couple of goals. The only change I think might be Tillman. If he's fit, we'll find out at the presser later on what the status is for him. Um, you can maybe see him coming back in just to give him a, a, give him a game ahead of um, the Motherwell game next weekend. Mm. It then depends on how far along Yilmaz is, how far along John Suter is. 
you would think a home game against a championship team would be the ideal place for these type of guys, but they've only not played a lot of football. I know they played against uh, Celtic in the, in the Glasgow Cup the other day there. It's probably yeah. too big of a leap to then throw them straight back in, but I would, I would hope to see the two of them in the squad if possible and maybe give them 15, 20 minutes towards the end, depending on how the, how the game's going. Uh, I know that was a frustration for the manager last week that John Suter ended up getting 60 seconds or 90 seconds at the end of the game, whereas if Rangers had kicked on like they should have done, and been 5 0 up after half an hour, John Suter might have got 20 minutes. It would have been far more beneficial for him. So, yeah. hopefully, Rangers can get the job done nice and early on, on Sunday. That then gives you chances for the likes of Yelmaz and Suter to hopefully get up and, up and running again. Um, and I think the rest of the team almost picks itself. I think if, if these guys want to play again, if they're fit to play again, I think it'd be quite harsh to drop them on the back of the, not drop them because of form, but um, because, yeah. of the, because of the schedule now. I don't think they really need a rest. I think if these guys are, are fit and able to go, I would just go over the same again. Yeah. Uh, Connor Fleming uh, gets in touch. Uh, former player, of course. There. He says, I spoke to a former teammate last night, Dylan Easton, who is their star man, not expecting uh, no changes uh, on Sunday. Um, it will be an interesting one, of course. Uh, the Scottish Cup represents Rangers' most realistic chance of silverware this season, so uh, it's of high importance. Um, you've got a piece uh, on the website this morning, Chris, talking about uh, Cholak, um, uh, of course, keeping the... The Rangers jersey, uh, Michael Beale was waxing lyrical uh, about his performance last week against Kilmarnock. Never got his goal, but got the double uh, against Hibs on Wednesday night. Thought his movement was brilliant. His, his finishing was uh, top-notch uh, as well. Uh, and with Alfredo now, it, Michael Beale did touch on in his press conference, he, he is unhappy. I wouldn't imagine he would be happy being being left out of the out of the side. But Cholak is, is the main man going forward for me, Chris. It's his jersey to lose now. I did wonder when the when Michael spoke um, about Cholak at the weekend, I did wonder if it was a case of talking up the man who had, had played well. It's not to say that he didn't play well against Kelly. I wonder if he was o- almost over-egging him a wee bit and it was just a wee shot across the bows of Alfredo to say, look, that's what you now need to get. This guy's come in. Yes, he's not scored, but he's played well for the team. He's done everything else that I've asked for him. Rangers look dangerous. I mean, when Antonio then plays like that on, on Wednesday night, he got his two goals. He should have had a hat trick. He could have easily had, had four or five of the chances, but so could so could Ryan Kent, so could a couple of others. The, the chances that Rangers had, um, I think Cholak deserves to keep his to keep his place. Ultimately, I don't think he's the type of guy that Rangers will build their first eleven around in terms of a in terms of a striker. I think they still could do better. They also need to go and and sign one come the summer as a guy to have in a squad. Um, I think he's a good option. Is he the type of striker that Michael Beal will, I say, build, build that team around about? I still don't quite see it as, as well as he has done for Rangers in his, in his first season. If you think back to Morelos at his best, Cholak at his best, it still isn't anywhere near that level. They do they do different things, and I think Rangers still need a Morelos type figure uh, to lead that uh, to lead that line. But we've been trying to find a Morelos replacement for four or five seasons now, and it's not it's not happened. Come the summer, it all looks like they will have to finally have to um, do that and do it successfully. Um, personally, I, I would stick with Antonio. I think he's I think he's earned it. He's deserved it. His goals to games ratio is better than Alfredo's over the course of the season. Yeah. And there's just there's none of the there's none of the nonsense patrol. Like he, he turns up, he trains, he plays. Nice, nice big guy. Manager seems to like him. And there's no questions over his mentality or his fitness or does he look bothered. You know what you're getting from him. 
Um, I mean, Rangers are just trying to build some momentum. It's also not going to help them in terms of the uh, the Premiership, but just trying to build a bit of momentum, get that feel good factor going. I think there's there's more to be gained from sticking with Antonio between now and the between now and the end of the season. Um, and at some point there will come a day and it'll be Alfredo's final. It'll be his uh, his final game for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rangers do need to start preparing for life without uh, Alfredo Morelos. I think that's a uh, that's a, a given. Um, just uh, some uh, trans. Just before we touch on, on uh, Scott McTominay being touted for a Rangers move, I seen this morning, Chris, uh, a report yesterday suggesting Rangers uh, eyeing up a, a dangerous Danish centre back uh, by the name of Thomas Christensen, uh, AGF, he plays for in the, in the Danish Super League. Uh, capped at, at Denmark under twenty one level, uh, big uh, giant of, of a man uh, by all accounts, big big player. Um, I think Rangers will be uh, watching a whole host of players, and it's no secret that centre backs uh, is one of them. Um, is that an area of the pitch that you can see being strengthened come the summer? Yeah, I would think so. I think they'll probably do probably do one. Um, his his name was also linked yesterday in the. In the Danish press, tried to check this one out yesterday afternoon. Didn't like get anywhere on it, unfortunately. So I don't have any update in terms of how um, how strong any interest, if there is any interest, is, is on this one. But we'll try and find out over the next uh, couple of weeks. We're, we're only six weeks or so from the end of the transfer window, and we're already building up. To, already building up to the next one. It's just a it's a three hundred and sixty five days endeavour. This one. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the I think they will try and uh, try and do something at centre half. You're also looking at uh, Phil Holland leaving. Um, it depends how John Suter comes back in terms of his his fitness, how much he can be relied on over the course of a campaign. Depends whether Michael Beal likes him and rates him and sees him as part of the team, which which I think he will. Uh, but I do think they will need another another centre half. Potentially see Leon King going out on loan somewhere, um, just to get him 40, 50 games under his belt if they can. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's not a it's not a pressing issue. It's not one of the, you say. Well, there has to be two or three signings in that area of the pitch. Also got goals and Davies uh, that partnership has has looked good in the last few while. Um but I do think they will have to have to do something in, in that area, but don't expect it to be a rip up and, and start again job like it might be in other areas of the pitch. Yeah. Just touching on that 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 point about Leon King, Chris. If he was to go out on loan, what sort of destination would you look like to see him go to a team in the, the Scottish Premiership? Would you like to see him go down south perhaps or, or even abroad? Could he play? I think if he's going to stay up here, it would need to be Hearts, Hibs or Aberdeen. Mm. I don't think there's anything to be gained for going any lower down the league than that. Abroad would be a real interesting one for him. It's not something that Scottish players do that often. Um, and that, that would be an interesting one. If he's going down south, it has to be Championship again. I don't think there's much to be learned from, from League One. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that Leon's not featured that that much under uh, Michael, not featured at all actually under under Michael Beale, having had such a an impressive first half of the season in in really difficult circumstances. Yeah. I thought he equipped himself well, and he handled everything that was thrown at him through all those through all those struggles. I thought I thought he handled it well. Um, but you can understand why the manager has um, has decided just to stick with Golson Davis. He had to build something from the back. Yeah. That, that's the best partnership at present. So it's understandable why Leon's not had a not had a look in. Um, but from his development point of view, he has to start playing games again soon. So I think if it becomes obvious that he's maybe fourth or even fifth choice centre half next season, I think a loan deal is probably the best thing for him just to get him that uh, get him that game time. Uh, but then I say it then comes down to what level he's actually he's actually going to. There's no point in going to the championship up here and strolling through fifty games. He's not going to. He's not going to learn anything from that. So an interesting one. Not a, 
Again, not a pressing issue for Michael Beale, but one that has to be managed quite well because if Rangers do see Leon King as the future, they have to be careful not to ruin his present. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like a bit of comedy on, on the show in the morning, CGM55 says, Offer King to Ajax on loan just to wind up those ex Ajax players who are moaning about us selling them bassy. Uh, yeah, seen uh, Wesley Snyder uh, bumping his uh, gums about the, the £19 million. Uh, fee that Ajax uh, paid Rangers for him uh, the other day there. But uh, yeah, got the Man of the Match award, I'm sure, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, recently, uh, big Calvin over there. So he's certainly uh, improving game by game, it appears. Um, just touching on, uh, there's another interesting point that I've seen just murmurings, uh, Chris. Uh, Stephen Kirkland says, Morning, guys. Morelos is rumoured to have agreed a pre-contract with Sevilla. Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything uh, of the sort, Chris. I've got to say, I know you, it has been linked with uh, them in the past. I would be surprised if he went near. Although clubs such as that uh, on a free transfer, is a Morelos uh, an attractive option, perhaps? If you'd asked me two seasons ago, I would have yeah. said Sevilla's the type of club that you would go to, you're looking at not one of the, the giants of the European game, but someone like a Sevilla, a Porto, maybe one of the top teams in Holland, yeah. could maybe would have been a, the kind of level for him. Having had the season that he's had, with the issues that he's had, I would be surprised if a team such as Sevilla would be, would be interested. Um, he's clearly still got talent, clearly still got a lot of uh, games and goals in him, and managers always fancy a challenge. Managers always say, I can get the best out of Alfredo Morelos. I can I can get him back to where he was when he was scoring against Porto when he was on that incredible European run. Um, right now, I would be surprised. I think it'd be a great move for him, um, but I'd, I'd be surprised if that's the level that he that he goes to. Um, really interesting actually to see where he ends up because he either goes to a European team and re-establishes himself and finally fulfills this potential that we've known that he clearly has, or he ends up in China or Qatar or the Middle East somewhere, makes a lot of money, scores a lot of goals, but never gets to the kind of levels and the kind of success that it looked like he would get to a couple of seasons ago. Um, if he goes to Sevilla, I don't think I'll be going out for the unveiling press conference. I've had my fill of Seville. <laughs> yeah. no, no. Uh, same here. Yeah, uh, less said about uh, that, that fateful uh, evening, uh, the better. Still still raw at this at this point in time, I think. But um, yeah, uh, that was an, an interesting one I seen yesterday. Uh, and now a point, obviously, that, that's made the, the papers that this morning, made the, the news websites and what have you, is uh, Scott McTominay has been tipped uh, for a move uh, to Rangers by former Man United uh, defender Paul Parker. He reckons a move to Ibrox would help him uh, kickstart uh, his career. Uh, he says it this reckons a good place for the midfielder to prove how good he is. Uh, speaking to my betting sites, uh, he says, I think it could be a possibility for him to go to Rangers. He is not good enough to play for Celtic, he said. Uh, there is no way he would be able to play regularly for Celtic in the way they play. He will have a better chance of playing if he moves to Rangers, but it's a big decision for him to leave Man United. But he has to do it because right now, He's also playing Jeopardy with his spot in the national team. He can be a sub for Man United, but if he's got anything about himself, if he wants to play as many games as possible right now, his career isn't something to write about, and he needs to show that he's hungry enough to get a decent career. I expect that he wants to leave Man United to show that he is a good player. Uh, just an ex-Man United player tipping them for a move to Rangers. Uh, Chris, I don't think we can read too much into it uh, as such, but uh, Scott McTominay, for you, are you a fan? Um, I'm a fan of him for Scotland. I think he's he's done well for Scotland. I've always had my doubts whether he is a Manchester United midfielder. 
Um, personally, I don't think he is, and I, I think he'll as um, I think he'll probably find his his chances limited there as the as the ten Hag era unfolds. I think in terms of a move to Rangers or Celtic, uh, wages will be a stumbling block. <laughs> I, I would imagine if you're a if you're a Premier League player uh, and, and the peak of your uh, peak of your powers, the old firm are, are not a place that can offer you or offer you the type of money that you're going after. Um, if you look at a West Ham, an Everton, even like a a Leeds or something like that, maybe that's the type of team I can see Emmett Tomey playing for, and they will blow the old form out the out the water. Uh, as you say, Derek, it's just former Man United player talking about current Man United players, so I don't think it's one that uh, Michael B will be getting asked about later on. Yeah, 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 me either. But um, yeah, he's certainly a player of talent on his day. Of that, there is no doubt. I agree with you, Chris. It usually tends to turn up for, for Scotland, but uh, for Man United, I think uh, perhaps uh, his career. Uh, is best suited at a club elsewhere, whether that be Rangers or whoever, who knows. Um, just in terms of the Rangers midfield, in, in general terms, Chris, uh, people waxing lyrical about that that midfield three the other night of uh, Jack uh, Raskin and Cantwell. Um, is that the midfield three for you going forward? Can you see the likes of Lundstrom and Kamara getting back in? Um, short answer would be no. <laughs> <laughs> I think unless unless anything happens to Eteri and Jack or, or Vaskin, that's my preferred midfield to at present. Um, I just spoke about Ryan earlier on. I spoke about Nico uh, Raskin before. I've been really impressed with how he's how he started his Rangers career. Um, Kamara, I think, like Alfredo, is in the final uh, final weeks of his Rangers career. John Lundstrom. Now we all know how good he, he can be, and he's, he actually he spoke to us a couple of weeks ago about the the highs of. Europa League and Scottish Cup and, and the lows of Hamden and what he's been through this season. I think he's got a wee bit to go to maybe convince the fans that he's he's a, a guy that he can build a midfield roundabout again. Um, he's not had a good season. Doesn't mean to say that he can't play a part going forward. Um, and I'd, I'd be surprised if he moves on in the summer. But right now, I think Jack and Raskin deserve their, deserve their spots. Um that other one is between Cantwell and, and Tillman. I think if, if Tillman's fit, you might see him coming back in. But you have to say Cantwell, I thought the other night was again really impressive. Um, I think one of the things that's stood out, I think everybody knew about his, his kind of vision in terms of being able to play with his head up and go forward and carry the ball and play those passes, make those combinations. I think the way he's got stuck in without sounding too parochial has, uh, has actually been quite impressive. He didn't shirk a challenge at Easter Road that night there. He's happy to do the dirty work. He gets back. Um, he's close control at times. There's a wee, a wee clip uh, doing the rounds online the other day there. He sweeps the ball away and it gets back up. It's going to uh, draw a rebo-esque. He's, he's close control yeah. every two or three players round about him. I think that's been quite an impressive uh, factor from him. and maybe something that a lot of fans didn't expect from him. Maybe expect him to come in and be a bit showboaty at times, I feel like. Uh, yeah. I think he's shown that he does have two sides to his game. Um, and it really can be a really influential uh, player for Rangers going forward. Yeah, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. Him and Raskin, I think, have been uh, terrific acquisitions. And Malik Tillman, you touched on him uh, at the top of the show, Chris. Uh, faces a bit of a fight in his hands to get back in that side if, if they're playing like that. Um, but I think he's one we'll find out today. I think that the, the, the feeling was last weekend when Michael Beale spoke about him that they were targeting the Scottish Cup to get him back involved. Would you be tempted to, to, to start him if he comes back or it's one of those ones where uh, do, do you disrupt that 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 midfield three that we just talked about or even the forward three um, that, were, that were interchangeable and linked so well on Wednesday night? 
I think it depends on how how fit he actually is. He also had had a couple of weeks out. Um, if he's ready to go, by all means, start him. Um, but you look at the next couple of weeks coming up. You know, he's got a league game next week, international break coming up. There's no real need to to rush him back in. So unless he is uh, fully fit and ready to, ready to go, it's not a game you say. Look, just go and try and give us an hour. I just try and get through it. Rangers should be fine. With all due respect to to Wraith Rovers, Rangers should be fine. In terms of winning that game without Malik Tillman, so I don't think they'll take a uh, take a chance on him if, if he's not really ready to come back in. If he is fit enough, come back in, give us half an hour, and that's him then back off and running. But I think, given the, the circumstances on Sunday and what's ahead of us, I don't think there's much of a there's much of a need to uh, do anything silly with him. Yeah, uh, Pete Lawrence says, uh, I do like the energy Cantnell brings uh, us over Tillman. Uh, and Bob raises a point and says, I'd try Tillman up front. Guy can head the ball and there's a handful uh, in the box. Um, I don't think Antonio Cholak's uh, get, drop, get dropping to the bench on Sunday, I've got to say. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting point that you make there, Bob. Um, just finally, before you go there, then, Chris, um, just, well, just a reminder, folks, there is a press conference this afternoon. Um, we're speaking to a player, uh, whoever that, that is, uh, put up for press and Michael Beale around one o'clock this afternoon. So you'll get all the reaction to that uh, on our website and also on our social media channels. Score prediction for Sunday, Chris. How do you see it going? Um, as we said before we come on here, yeah, Derek, hopefully a far more straightforward afternoon than it was against us. So, um, yes, no, yes. no, no controversy, nothing silly. You would have to imagine Rangers win 3-4-0. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd go along with that. As long as Rangers progress is the main thing to the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup. But uh, yeah, ideally uh, a lot more comfortable than what we witnessed uh, recently against Partick Thistle. Um, just a reminder, folks, before we uh, head off, uh, we've got that offer on the website, just £2 for two months' worth of content. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. And as I mentioned, we'll have all the reaction on our YouTube channel from that press conference a little uh, later on. So stay tuned for that. Um, we'll be back again on Monday to look back on hopefully what will be uh, another Rangers win uh, and progression to the last four of the Scottish Cup. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Friday and your weekend. Big thanks to Chris as well and bye for now.